0: Night Impact podcast. I am Tracy Purdy, and I believe that people are placed into our lives at every step in our life journey to be an integral part of our story. Here on the podcast, we will talk with individuals who have influenced me, helped me grow, nurtured me, inspired me, transformed my thinking, and enriched my life, and will do the same for you. We'll be covering a variety of subjects, so stay tuned to be inspired and encouraged. Welcome, Adelaide Addie Middleton. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hate Tracy. I'm so glad to be here. Me too. My uh, first podcast ever, ever. Yay, you're famous. You're famous. People want to hear from you. I've been so excited to visit with Addie for a very long time. And today is the day that we were able to make it work. So thanks so much. A little bit of our history together. It's not very long history. I mean, it is and it isn't. I guess. Yeah. I mean, we currently go to church together. But I feel like we've been connected for many years way before We moved to this church and even furthermore on social media, like I know social media can get a bad rap, but I feel like I've known about you for a long time due to that. So how do you remember us first connecting and what do you remember about our first time meeting in person? Oh my gosh. So the... I have prayed for
1: you long before I ever knew you. Yes. We're connected through a mutual friend, our our really legit famous friend, uh, <laughs> yes. Dawn Barton, uh, who is a, a, an author. Um, and we we were in two different circles of friends. Right. But I always prayed for you through your infertility journey and mm-hmm. when you were pregnant with the babies and um, adoption journey. Just all, I prayed for you and I mm-hmm. always knew about you through her. Yeah, And then you came to the church and there was like this angelic voice up oh, on the stage that was stop. singing and playing the, uh, the computer, playing the <laughs> piano, which was fabulous. I was like, that's Tracy party. Oh my God! Um, and then I—I I think the first time that I like really talked to you was at one of our gatherings, their women's gatherings. Women's when events, I, yeah. I and I finally just came up to you, I was like, Tracy, I feel like I know you, and I hug you. We're best friends now, and then <laughs> let's and do forever.
0: this in person. Now.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And uh, so I felt like we've known each other
0: forever. I love it so much. So when I say that you're an extrovert, right? No, When not you say that? that. Have you always been outgoing and filled up by being around other people? Yeah,
1: I can't, I can't even remember a time that I've not been like this. It's just a natural, like always outgoing, always talking to people, always being around uh, yeah, filling up. But with my family, I have a big family. So mm-hmm. being I, yeah, I'm ready for the after party. Like most people are like, <laughs> ready for the thing. I love to be around people when I'm in crisis. I pull people in yeah. like I want to be around people like solitude is scary.
0: Oh, it's scary to you. Like being still, is that very hard for you? Yes,
1: way hard for me, way hard for me. Mm. But I have to do it sometimes. God makes me do it.
0: Right. Yes, for sure. Can we talk a little bit about your upbringing and your past? You've always been so transparent about the messy parts of your life. But tell me about your
1: upbringing. So I am I've lived in this town for a long time. I have a brother and a sister and we are super duper close. I have parents that divorced when I was in middle school. I'm an adult child of an alcoholic. My mother is a recovering alcoholic, but she was active all through my childhood. So there's that and all this stuff that comes with that. And that that is messy. Uh, but a lot of times when I'm talking about my call story and the messy, my messiness was in, I call them my, my prodigal days or my like uh-huh. rum Springer. <laughs> okay. Like okay. when I went off to college, cause I was raised in the church, even though I had all that brokenness, my mm-hmm. dad was really faithful about taking us to church and we were always youth mission trips. Like for my senior trip, everybody was going to Cancun. I went to Venezuela on a mission trip, like yeah. but so grounded. So you all were involved in yes, the church. Youth choir. All of those things, mm-hmm. um, and then it was in my twenties that got kind of messy.
0: Sure, you stepped out. Yeah, yeah, stepped out.
1: <laughs> there you go. I did. Te- I did a lot of stepping out. That okay.
0: was kind of the that was
1: kind of the the problem. I found I find my worth. We've been, talked about this before. I find my worth in other people. It's mm-hmm. a toxic manifestation of my codependency. Um, it's also what makes me really good at what God has called me to do—to like take care of people. But a toxic manifestation of that is helping people. Way too much, way too much. But Mm -hmm. I also find my worth in other people. And in my 20s, that looked like the company of men. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a lot of shame and stuff around that messiness.
0: True. Mm. How were you able to find your faith and strength during those? stepping out times those mm. those days were you were you still involved in the church or did, did you completely run away or it was kind of a gradual shift away and then a
1: gradual it wasn't like one day I was like I am not going to church anymore it was uh-huh. just there I was hung over on a Sunday morning so yeah church didn't make a whole it lot wasn't of sense your together. priority it was really, at yeah. that time but you know Christmas and Easter and always retreating to those moments of of struggle in prayer I have a pretty robust prayer mm-hmm. uh, discipline that's always been my thing so prayed all through that time so you
0: did you were still I faithful was still
1: yeah but just not in in, in a traditional faithful sure. way and so um God always kind of just held on he held on to me but, but it was by a string I mean I was holding on by a string sure he right. wasn't holding on to me by a string <laughs> right but um, I was holding on by a string all through that
0: so looking back on those messy times Have you ever been able to, because like you said, there is a lot of shame with with what you went through and what you chose to do, Mm -hmm. I guess, during that time of your life. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been able to go back and ask God where he was during those times to know that he was there in the midst of it all? It
1: was by his grace that I even made it to 30. Yeah. To make it through that. I wasn't put in I put myself in some pretty bad situations that I made it first of all, alive through that whole season. I mean, it was a lot of, so God was hanging on to me. It's only by Mm -hmm. his grace that I got to this place. But now that I look back and look at what I do and what God has called me to do, not that I advise that this is the path that you should do if you feel called to ministry. Don't go and have a rump springer. I'm not telling you to right. do that. <laughs> right. But but there is no there is no judgment from me. There is no
0: um, Because you've been there. I have.
1: Yeah. I've either been participated or been a witness to so many things mm-hmm. and so when I go and sit with someone in a hospital or they're having to make a difficult decision maybe by choices of their own I can empathize with them mm-hmm. on a level of maybe if I'd have been um, obedient to God's call in my 20s and never experienced any of that.
0: Mm. So When I have had hard times infertility and miscarriages we've mm-hmm. connected on that level of life as well and those struggles and challenges continue to replay or repeat the same feelings over and over again. I can get so weighed down on that. But I had a mentor once that encouraged me to think back on those times and to pause and ask God where he was during that time and ask him what he was thinking or doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying you, you that you relive those moments or like sit in that shame that you have, mm-hmm. that you feel. But when I get into that mentality of, you know, feeling shame or feeling like I was somewhat responsible for what I was going through, mm-hmm. I had, it, it was such a great tool that has been instrumental in helping me to leave those things behind and to know that God was present and he was speaking love and truth about me during those times, Mm -hmm. you know, because when you're going through those challenges and those hardships, like you feel alone. Mm -hmm. But when you get get out of them and are able to visually go back and think like, where was he in that moment, because I know he was there, but we just don't take that time to see that. So have you had any kind of experience? like that?
1: I don't know that I ever asked him where he was in those moments. Cause mm-hmm. I even, I don't know. He's always given me the ability to see the goodness and all of the things mm. I call them God threads. Like I see this golden thread where I have this ability to look back and go, if this would have happened, mm-hmm. then this would have happened. Like I, I understand his sovereignty, even through those moments of, of but my rumspringer or my yes. <laughs> being, mm-hmm. being away from him. But and and I realize how. Well, he uses those moments. Miscarriages yes. is for sure one of those um, things that I have been through. And so being able to walk alongside people that are going through the things, like I realized that's where God was in those moments, mm-hmm. like allowing me to have that experience yes. so that I can walk through them. One of my favorite passages is the God of all comfort comforts us in our times of troubles, so that we can comfort others. Like mm. I have <laughs> I have experienced the thing. And, you know, when people try to give you advice about something that they hadn't been through, you're like,
0: Yes. Thanks.
1: That's yes. great. I, I have been there. Like, I I do know You've a lot of yeah, those things. So so I think it uniquely equips me to the place that God has called me to. Mm-hmm. So I, I see where he was mm-hmm. because of where he has me now. Right.
0: He's threaded it all together for mm-hmm. a purpose. Yes. yes. And that's what my podcast was this past week. I spoke very briefly on it that God allows us to go through go through things for a reason, you know, going through things to be able to then like what you're saying, help encourage others through those, through those trials. Mm-hmm. So I have to share with you all, I mean Addy knows about this because she was involved in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it happened to her. One of my most embarrassing moments happened a couple of months ago and I was texting Addie about coming onto the podcast and she responded, sure, I'd love to and what are we going to talk about? And as I swipe texted on my phone, which if you don't swipe to text on your phone, your life will change. I know that is yeah, that's the whole thing. You gotta I do get that. It. I get it. It takes practice, but or and you
1: make fabulous <laughs> mistypes.
0: Fabulous mistypes, thanks to autocorrect. So I said, I would love to chat about your fats journey and what has led you to where you are now. Oh. My gosh. And I hit send before reading it, but I asked her to share about her FATS journey. And I have a FATS journey, so it's okay. I was like, sure, let's talk about my FATS journey. And if you know Addie at all, you know that she has had a health journey that she's very open about, but I was crying. Oh my gosh. And of course she was so dying sweet. laughing I was I
1: was crying because I was laughing because this was yes let's talk about my fats journey that is fabulous <laughs> and I knew this. So I actually I didn't know what you meant <laughs> uh but I but I also was like okay we, we can talk about that if you want to talk about whatever you want to talk about well I not.
0: meant to say her faith journey and it <laughs> came out as fats journey faith <laughs> not fats god bless oh my goodness you know, she typed back, of course I'll talk about my FATS journey. <laughs> so here we are. Here we are, we're going to talk about my well, FATS journey. Addie, will you share a, with us a little bit about your FATS journey, and when did that that process start for you? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, all of all, my call, my FATS journey, my
1: all, everything kind of converged at one time. I have a long time felt a call to ministry, but I had disqualified myself mm. based on the shame that I felt. So... I thought I could do ministry in the context of doing um, like administrative stuff, like those things that were not pastoral, uh, because certainly God didn't call me to be a pastor. He didn't. That's not what he did. Mm -hmm. But I did did have a heart for ministry. So I'll do all these things to help people to become pastors or Mm -hmm. to become, to find their faith journey and all that stuff. So, and I realize you asked about my FATS journey, but we're going to talk about my faith and FATS journey together because they're so intertwined. During the pandemic, my husband, who is a nurse, um, was out of work for four months with COVID. Mm. And I realized uh, that I did not have a good, solid backup plan um, if something happened to us, because he's a breadwinner. I never graduated from college because I was in my Rumspringer days, (laughs) and that just didn't happen. And and so we had this conversation, like, if something happened to you, we don't have a good backup plan. If I'm going to go back to school perfect time. We're all at home. Let's Mm -hmm. do something online. I'm going to do something ministry minded. And so I began to pray uh, about all of that. And really, it came from a really big conversation with God. I said, God, I turned 40 during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't like how I looked on paper, which is so, who cares? But (laughs) I cared at the moment. I just didn't feel like If you read about me before you knew me that it wasn't who I was. Like I couldn't it it wasn't it didn't represent me. I'm I'm smart and and I can complete things. And, and part of that was I was 260 pounds at the time, and I'm mm. 5'2", and that was way too much weight. And and that was scary during the pandemic, because sure, uh, obese know. people mm-hmm. were dying because of their obesity and how complicated COVID made it. So all of these things kind of converged at one time. And I was like, God, I don't like how I look on paper. And he said, well, do something about it. Like, mm. I was like, Oh, you can do something about it? I didn't feel like, okay, okay. So I enrolled in school and started my bariatric surgery journey in October of 2020. Um, And I started going back to school full time. I was taking five classes a term, like just trying to knock it out to get my undergrad completed because there again, I was still telling myself these stories about, I couldn't be called into pastoral ministry, but maybe I could be a chaplain because I could check some things off the list. I'd worked in a hospital for a long time and you you like get a master's of divinity and you do these CPEs. And I felt like there was a checklist and the people wouldn't have to know about my like whole background background because I would just go in for a minute and pray with them in their moment of crisis. They don't have to know about me. So, Mm. so Mm -hmm. it, so I was starting to, kind of come to terms with what uh maybe ordination looked like but in that context so like lots of things just happened all at once but it was really God just saying you can do something about this and I was I did not feel like I was the best version of myself And Mm. I could not be used in the way that God needed me to be used. I couldn't take care of my children well. Mm. If I was going to die from COVID because I was too heavy, that's a problem. Sure. Um, And if I can't do the things that God called me to because I don't look right on paper, then I needed to take care of all of those things. Mm. So I just attacked it all and then um, had gastric bypass. And the rest of that is history as far as my health journey was. So Mm. it never was about... I thought I was fabulous at 260 pounds. I think I'm fabulous now. It never was about, right. it, it's not a thing. It was a thing. health It was a healthy journey. thing. Yes. I have, I had babies when I was older. I have a six-year-old and a 12-year-old mm-hmm. and I'm 43. So I need to live to take, care of them yeah
0: and you would have not been able to sustain Mm -mm. everything in the pace that
1: I'm at now I mean God knew that I needed to be in a healthy space because the pace that I maintain now Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't have been able to do it at at 260 pounds
0: how was that experience the the surgery process it was it was really a great
1: experience there's about three months after you have the actual surgery Mm -hmm. that you go oh what have, I, what have I done? This is the worst decision. Oh, really? I, it is terrible. It's like buyer's remorse. Every <laughs> single person, like if you're on any of these kind of support groups, uh-huh. every single person, because really you're just hangry. Like you're like, you're just mad because you can't eat or drink. Uh-huh. I mean, you're just like, it is, it's overwhelming, but then it just falls into place and it's fabulous. And it has been just wonderful to be healthy and feel healthy and be able to do meet all the needs of my family and in my ministry now.
0: Yeah. That's so awesome. So, one of my questions was, was there a time that you can nail down as a pivotal point in your faith journey mm-hmm. that you knew you wanted to go into ministry? So you, well, you said you felt called to ministry long before 2020, right? I
1: think I've, I mean, I felt called even probably in high school and then I went off the rails for a while. Um, and, but I've always just felt this pull to Serve um, others. to serve others. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in my Rumspringer days, I was pursuing n- nursing. I worked in a hospital. And so that was, so I've always been kind of serving minded or felt pulled into those places. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, I just kind of d- pastor still, even the week before I was ordained, yeah. I was like, God, are you sh- like me? I'm I didn't sure. mean to, uh, no, I mean, I didn't, <laughs> Are you sure you want me? Like that's what, I mean, even the week Mm -hmm. before this pastoral place uh, feels heavy. I don't take for granted this space that I've been in, but uh, God told me that time that it wasn't about me.
0: It's not. No, it's not it. So just to add on to that, so you are now our full-time CARES pastor. Mm. Well, and you answered this question, did you have hesitations knowing that you were called into ministry, but also having that hesitation within the big C church with women in ministry? Was that ever a hesitation for you? Um, or was it just more about your background? It, and- was,
1: it was a lot of my background. I have the greatest joy of serving alongside and within a church that affirms women Mm -hmm. and their role in ministry and so that wasn't that big of an issue i realized that i hold my ministry with open hands and Mm -hmm. that i have been called into ministry not necessarily to our church this is not going to be a surprise to them i tell them all the time if god calls me to some other place then that may happen. But in this moment, I don't have to battle that within the walls of our church. Right. I have a very dear friend, Jennifer Lesher, who has been a pastor for a long time. And she told me that I needed to do all that. The paper was important for women in ministry because there will be places that I have to go in that they will shut the door because I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. So if I have all of the credentials, I at least have the opportunity to get in the door so that all of that is important to me. So in the within the big C church, yeah, that's that's like a thing. But, but you didn't necessarily feel that that pressure, not or... until after I was ordained. And mm. so now I've experienced some of those
0: pushbacks, or yeah, or just some uneasiness from some other people. Sure. Well, I personally know how much that you've done so much studying on women in ministry positions. I mean, I feel like our our life group last year was, was kind of based around that and knowing that you were feeling the push to be in ministry yourself. So could you just share a little bit about your studies, very generalized? Yeah. So
1: our Bible study was, I think the world tells us who we are and we don't listen to who God says we are Mm -hmm. as women, especially Mm -hmm. we have been told some things or we have interpreted some things or we have taken those things. To heart, even maybe when they were not meant. I don't think the Big C Church has done a good job of of telling women what their role is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's really, really important to me that people have Bible literacy, so that people from pulpits aren't the ones that tell us how what the Bible says. That we get to experience it through the Holy Spirit. Right, uh, God's word is alive and active, and it can tell us the things that we need to know. Mm-hmm. So. For me, I can argue both sides. You've heard me say it, that it's complementarian or egalitarian. I can argue I can argue both sides. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when we have some baggage and we go into the Bible, we can We can make a case for any of our positions whatsoever, Hmm. but through my own studies of experiencing who Christ is and just, uh, I'm going to use a nerdy Bible Bible word, the meta-narrative of the Bible, when I unpack the Bible in its entirety, Mm -hmm. I see how God empowered women in a patriarchal society, but how Jesus just evened the playing field with women when he encountered the woman at the well and he encountered the adulterous woman and he Mm -hmm. encountered, uh, or Mary Magdalene, just, just over and over again, how Jesus opened up the opportunity for all people to serve and not even just women Gentiles. It was open up. I mean, it was only for the Jews. And now it's for the Gentiles and it's for these broken people and Pharisees and all of this stuff. So I think that the Testament, to women's ability to speak into any place that they are, not necessarily just hold a place in pastorship, but just live into what God has called you to
0: Mm -hmm. because Jesus gave us a voice. Mm. So would your suggestion to people that were brought up in, in a church or in a community that has complete and absolute this is not supposed to happen. What would your challenge be to them in digging into the scripture to broaden their view, so to say? Read your Bible. Because mm-hmm. there, of- I mean, there's so much scripture that I believe is taken out of context that so many people build their, build their cases on. Right. 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 I mean, so, yeah. So reading your Bible, but understanding the
1: historical and the biblical context is so important. mm -hmm. Uh, realizing that some things are prescriptive and some things are descriptive. So some things are for us Mm -hmm. to, to apply in our own lives. And some things are just describing the world that, that they existed in and that the dealings that they had to address at the time. Which is so different from ours. Right, right. <laughs> and I think that the big C church, as, as we say these churchy words, mm-hmm. um, we get caught up in things that don't matter. Like, I I mm. don't feel like this is one of those salvific es- issues. Like, I don't think I'm going to get to heaven and God go, mm, you got the whole woman thing wrong, like you're out. Like, <laughs> right. uh, it's clear how we are to get to these places. And, and it's okay if you believe something differently. Different, yeah. Don't let it take away from what God has called you to do. But if you don't feel like you can stand in a pulpit, like that's okay. Mm-hmm. Some of the most influential pastors that I have had in my life have been my grandmothers. Mm-hmm. And the way that they have loved their families and prayed for their families and bought their adult husbands to Christ and shepherded our families mm-hmm. is more a testament to what... a what some pastors do from pulpits and generations of our family. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, so you can, you can be called into a space. Ministry is not just in the context of a church. It can be wherever you Mm stay. I
0: love that. I cannot wait to see everything that the Lord is going to do in your life and the lives of our community and to all of those that you help serve and care for so well. Your light about you is so infectious and people cannot deny the blessing and the calling that you have on your life. You need to receive that and hear that. Um, Thank you for always being willing to bring people in need. The most amazing pot roast. (laughs) You are now known as the pot roast pastor at our church, and I'm here for it. (laughs) Although I need that. I need the recipe. Okay.
1: I don't, then I can't bring it to you. If you know how to cook it, then it won't be special when I bring it. No, but
0: then, I mean, but you could pass that on to me and I could help others too. Okay, yes, yes. Empowering others to do things too. Okay, I got you. I got you. So at the end of all of my conversations here on the podcast, I like to ask the question, can you tell us what some one has said or done for you that you believe changed the trajectory of your life? You know, I,
1: I, I don't think it's one person mm-hmm. ever. I mean, I think about like you, our relationship, mm-hmm. the, the the things that you, those little voice texts that I get from you when you're praying over me and I know that, you know, that I'm going through the thing or going through something, or mm-hmm. sometimes you don't even know, you just send me the prayer. It's all the little bits and pieces that people have just taken that moment to speak into my life. When they have a word or a word of encouragement, they're prompted by the Holy Spirit to speak in, mm-hmm. and they've just walked alongside me. So it's not just like the one moment where somebody has spoken into my life. It is a lot of people around me that really love me, that God has put into my life that encourage me, and send me, and some people that I don't even know that send mm-hmm. me the, the thing that says, you know, God, God has called you to this place and you blessed me and my family. But but that's not me. Like that God, God just works through me. I just try to be obedient and open-handed with my ministry and that sort of things. So I love that you're so good at that. I love that I have so many people around me that are so good at that. Mm-hmm. And I try to be that, like, just speak out. You don't know how you can change the trajectory of somebody's mm-hmm. whole life by just giving that you think it's a little word, but it's, it's so important. It's exactly what they need in that moment to sustain just for that day, that daily bread right. of, of encouragement or that sort of thing.
0: I feel like there's something so powerful about, I mean, we all, even if you're not a believer, like you all have this gut feeling like, Oh, I need to do something or I need to reach out to that person. We have those. Everybody mm-hmm. has that instinct of caring for others. Mm-hmm. But I think taking that step in that prompting to actually do that is what could literally change somebody's life. Mm -hmm. You know, it really could even just a simple, Pot roast, like you said, it's you know. We share,
1: but it's how we share the the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Like when we are, when we love each other and we encourage each other. Yeah. I mean, God. That's why God put us in community so that we can do those things and call those things out. Mm-hmm. Um. And so those people that have just gone alongside me and have done those things, uh
0: made a huge impact in your life, huh?
1: Yeah. It's all the it's all the little pieces that did the big change. You know.
0: I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you, Tracy. I love taking out outside of all the things that we do. I love it. I love you. This is so fun. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you have been enjoying our episodes and you would like to help support the podcast, please share the episodes with others. Make sure to follow or subscribe wherever you listen and leave a rating or review. It means the world to me. To catch up on all the latest from me, You can follow me on Ignite Impact Podcast on Facebook and sign up for my weekly newsletter at IgniteImpactPodcast.com. Thanks again, and until next time.